2: by the kinds of traumas that were reinforced, encouraged, and validated as children. Every breath these guys take is a protest. Just point blank, literally, every breath these guys take is a protest. And when my school made the New York Times cover uh, a couple years ago, the article was called, It's Like Who's Next? An Alarming Death Rate at a Troubled Teen Boarding School in New York.
1: visit PreacherBoysDoc.com, or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski.
0: My name is Eric Skwarzynski, and you're listening to The Preacher Boys Podcast. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with Amanda Householder from Exposing Circle of Hope, and Miranda from The Troubled Podcast. The two of them are working together to put together a survivor mental health rally on November 14th to 15th near Agape Boarding School. The description for the event reads as this. The ICU survivor campaign is having their first mental health rally in Missouri. As many of you know, Circle of Hope was once located in Cedar County, Missouri. They recently have shut down, but their parent school, Agape Boarding School for Boys, and their sister school, Refuge, now known as Wings of Faith, is still open and operating in Cedar County, Missouri. Boyd and Stephanie Householder were previously employed by Agape Boarding School, and they took the practices of the school and opened up Circle of Hope Girls Ranch in July 2006. The goal of this rally is to bring awareness to these programs and the mental health problems that come after. It will be an educational event for the public and a healing time for survivors. They're going to be having a ton of amazing speakers there that are going to be sharing and helping with the event. And it's going to be put together really incredibly. But I wanted to sit down with the two of them, talk through the logistics of the event, the motivation behind it, and let you guys know how you can be a part, even from a distance, in supporting this amazing cause. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Preacher Voice podcast. I'm so excited to have two returning guests today. I have Amanda from Exposing Circle of Hope. She's been on three, two or three times now. And then Miranda, who you guys just heard on a recent episode, kind of share about the Troubled podcast or Talk Troubled on social media, pricing their content out there if you've been following the Troubled Teen Industry. But I brought both on because they're both a part of a a mental health rally that's going to be happening in Missouri. Amanda, can you share a little bit about that and what the goal is of this rally in Missouri?
3: Yeah, November 14th and the 15th, we are having our ICU Survivor Rally. What was the actual name of it, Miranda? What did we
2: actually land on? I forgot. We're calling it Right to Rights Rally, and this is our Missouri 2020 event.
3: Yes, Rights to Rights Rally. And it's going to be held at the um, Stockton City Park in Stockton, Missouri on November 14th. And we are going to have speakers there. We're hoping to have mental health activists there as well and other people of the community. Our goal is to bring awareness to the troubled teen industry that is happening in that town, Cedar County, Missouri, because there are two schools still currently opened and operating, Agape and Wings of Faith. And as most people probably know, Agape is the school my dad took their practices of and opened up Circle of Hope. So our goal is to basically bring awareness to these two schools that are still open and operating in that community.
0: So the other one that you mentioned was Wings of Faith? Yes,
3: that's yeah, that's the girl. I think it was in 2004, took on a girl's school, and it was known as Refuge when I was there, but they changed their name to Wings of Faith. I don't remember what years, but it wasn't too long ago that they changed their name to Wings of Faith.
0: So it's adjacent to Agape then. It's it's the same group behind it. And how long have they been operating, you said?
3: Agape's been operating since 1990. Wings of Faith opened... I think it was in 2004 when they came to uh, Missouri, but they were in, I think, Tennessee and Michigan before that. I don't know much about their past history because they came out of nowhere. But I th- if I remember correctly, they started in like Tennessee.
0: So like every trouble Teen Home, they've moved around quite a bit. And then Miranda, how did you get involved with this? I know you told me a little bit off mic. You and Amanda have... Built a pretty strong relationship, but how did you get involved with helping coordinate this event?
2: Our missions and our organi- organizations are deeply entwined. We work together on pretty much every element of our advocacy, and I'm on the board with the Circle of Hope organization, or Exposing Circle of Hope. But we didn't expect to close them that fast, so. that's gotta change
4: just a few miles west of highway 13 on n highway sits circle of hope girls ranch a facility that identifies as a faith-based reformatory school for young women who were quote destroying their lives through poor choices and behaviors, with a mission to, quote, use the Bible to teach them that they are to obey their parents and the authority over them. At the Cedar County Republican, editor Miles Bright and reporter Catherine Skopek have been tracking allegations of abuse there for months. Bright says Skopek, their lead reporter, has heard from a double-digit amount of accusers.
2: After the video, which I'm assuming after you had Amanda on your podcast, most of your listeners have already seen the video uh, that was leaked from within Circle of Hope back in March. Knock her out.
3: Yes,
1: sir. I mean it. Knock yes, her yes. out.
3: Yes, sir. And that goes for me with
1: the rest of you. If she clenches her fist or she's going to hit you, that's a threat. Knock her out.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, you got sir.
2: that, Ashlyn? Yes, sir. And so that's when Amanda and I started working together. She came on the podcast. And since then, we've just been pretty much just doing everything, same horse, same cart. It's We're a lot stronger together.
0: And have the two of you noticed, So, like, obviously, and Amanda, I had you on to talk about this, but obviously, Paris Hilton's documentary kind of pushed us into the public, you know, spotlight a little bit and got the conversation moving as far as people who weren't you know, part of this world and who are
4: outsiders. Something happened in my childhood that I've never talked about with anyone. I just heard screaming, bloody murder. But I couldn't tell you guys because every time I tried, I would get punished by them. I still have nightmares about it. Here we are at Paris's school. And the only thing that saved my sanity was thinking about who I wanted to become when I got out of there.
0: Have you guys noticed an influx of interest in what you guys are talking about? since that has it been the same or, or has it opened any doors as far as moving the conversation forward
3: not for the circle of hope part of it because we got like our nbc article opened the doors for us right. personally but i have seen like more survivors come forward and feel more comfortable coming forward sure. with it and so in that sense i do feel like it opened a lot
0: of doors what about you, Miranda? Have you seen any kind of change in the conversation or like the ability to talk about it?
2: I've seen a different group of, and I'm going to guess they're mostly parents okay. that value the yeah. venues and platforms that the stories are being had on. Like when she went on Drew Barrymore's show, there sure. were, my sister hit me up. She saw that. And other people are like, wow, let's actually have a conversation about this. I've, um, I've been where you've been. And watching your documentary, I mean, I don't know how many interviews and conversations I'm going to have on this show where I'm watching a mirror image of everything I've been through as well. I am concerned that the media has focused pretty much 100% since the Paris store coming out on private placement, especially from within the upper echelon of our class of society. And I just wanna clarify, abuse is abuse. So it really doesn't matter yeah. if your trust fund has a billion dollars in it, we don't abuse children. But that's been the sole conversation. that We've had other celebrities, Paris Jackson um, and Kat Von come
4: out as well from Provo. One night I was um, sleeping in bed and um, the door opens and there's these two, two big dudes and uh, a pretty athletic built woman standing at the door saying, telling me to calm down and to get dressed and that we were gonna be leaving and that if I um, didn't do what they say, then I would have to choose the hard way, which was getting handcuffed. And <clears throat> I, mean, I had no idea what was going on at the time and I obviously um, was terrified and I ended up um, going with these people. They Put me on a plane with them and then, um, we landed in Utah, which, um, I had no, I had never been to in my entire life. And so I didn't know where I was. And then we got in a the car. They, they blindfolded me so that I couldn't see where we were going. And then once we got there, um, they, uh, they did a strip search, which was completely degrading. Um, I remember having to get naked in front of this person who I don't know if they had credentials. I, I had no idea who they were, and basically they were just um, just degrading me the whole entire time. And uh, I, you know, I was 15 years old. I was still a fucking kid, and um, they put me into a um, like some hot pink sweats and um, gave me some sandals and then they took me into another room and then shaved my head. And, uh, and then they gave me this binder and gave me a few minutes to read it alone in this room. And in the binder, it explained where I was. And so basically that's how I learned through this binder that my parents had basically written, uh, signed away my rights to this facility. And, um, it was a program to rehabilitate troubled teens, and, um, and there was no way out. <laughs> but we would also
2: like to have the conversation of foster kids and JV Justice kids and mm-hmm. all of the human trafficking and the adoption, abdication of responsibilities. And Paris can only do what Paris does. And I think yeah. that her being able to put it on a wider platform and on More like uh, dateline y or that kind of media. I think that's very helpful, but it is still up to us to move the conversation forward and in those directions. And we definitely can't just rest on like celebrity cameos to do that.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I have to imagine there's, while there is a bright spotlight, but like you said, it's going to be more specifically. And this is no fault of her or the documentary, but her experience happened to be Provo. She's got a huge platform already. So, the eyeballs are on Provo specifically and her specifically, but that's where this was a cool thing. Like walking away from the whole protest in Provo is I was like talking to Paris felt the same as talking to say you or to Amanda in the sense of everybody has their niche of this that they can address it from. Amanda has it from Mm -hmm. being a staff kid in addressing it. You've got it from your ankle and with the troubled podcast and all that, the different people you're speaking with. But yeah, it's always a mix, right? There's a lot of attention, but it's trying to get people to not be hyper focused on one place. And I see that with my show. People get so focused on the mega church, quote unquote, mega churches in the movement, but they lose sight of the fact that there's people in churches with 30 people who are being abused in the exact same way and shifted around the exact same way. Uh, so you have to keep the conversation going. But yeah, so Circle of Hope closing was a big shocker. I think it was, I think it was going to happen at some point with, there's only so long you can keep running, but what's being the next target? Was that solely because you had the personal connection? Did it seem like a natural progression or does that just seem like the next big domino that needs to fall in this kind of world? Personally,
3: for me, it was always going to be the next, because that's just where I was at and I know it. But it's personal for me because just this year alone, we've lost five friends due Mm. to suicide. One of them in their suicide note mentioned that he could no longer take it due to the trauma that happened at boarding school. Mm. And so just for me, that was just this year alone. So for me, it's more of our friends are dying and the abuse that happened to them is still going on to this day. So Agape was always going to be the next one, but it's not going to be the last, <laughs> right. if that makes sense. So.
0: Right. Yeah. You're tackling the industry <laughs> as a whole, but you have to start, you almost have to have that hyper-focus to see the change one by one. If you go too broad, it's easy to just say, I'm not one of the ones we are talking about. So have you, obviously you guys have been promoting this. Have you heard anything, any wrestling from Agape or any kind of response from them knowing that this is coming because Provo I know was like a shock and awe type thing where they didn't know till the day of or whatever it was. But you guys are obviously promoting this. I know that Agape is obviously aware of you guys. Have you heard anything from them or has it just been dead silent?
3: No, actually back in July, cause we were planning this for circle of hope girls like back in May and it was only going to be a circle of hope thing because at that point we didn't even have the sheriff's helping. But word got back to Agape somehow, and so it turned into Agape saying that we were going to do this huge, big protest, and so they hyped up their, their security. They got extra deputies there uh, walking the property, and that's basically the only thing I've heard back from Agape is that they've hyped up their security because of this.
0: The sheriff in Stockton, I believe, he's a former staff member from Agape, right? Right. So yeah. they're pretty connected to the law enforcement in that area.
3: Yeah, he's actually Robert Graves is the founder of Agape's son-in-law. So he married the daughter Samantha's Samantha Clemenson. He married Samantha Clemenson and he worked at Agape while we were there, actually. Right. And he's still from my understanding, he's still a staff member at Agape, but also a deputy in the sheriff's department. But there's also another staff member, his name's Julio Sandoval. And he's also a deputy within the sheriff's department as well. So they do have people within the sheriff's department there.
0: Hmm. So there's definitely no conflict of interest when there's a call made, checking in on the welfare of kids that are at Agape.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's very Uh, interesting, to be honest.
0: Yeah. So I know it's a mental health, rally. You made clear, like when you're messaging me, like it's not really a protest and in some way, obviously in some ways it is, it's a protest of what's happening there. But you mentioned like there's a high, a shockingly high suicide rate among people who've been in programs like this. That was, that's something I've seen from just talking to people is like how many people know somebody who, whose mental health was destroyed by being in places like this. So how is this event going to be a little bit different with addressing just specifically like the mental health side and not so much just doing a, ge- a generic protest
2: so i per the point of the disproportionate suicide rates being haunted for life by the kinds of traumas that were reinforced encouraged and validated as children every breath these guys take is a protest So like just point blank, literally every breath these guys take is a protest. And when my school made the New York Times cover uh, a couple years ago, the article was called It's Like Who's Next? An Alarming Death Rate at a Troubled Teen Boarding School in New York. So this is pretty regular. One of my friends from my program, half the kids that were in her family are already dead and it's only been 14 years. So they're definitely going to get most of that family by the time that's over. So every time that we show up and we speak, it's a protest, but we do know, like per your point, we know that we're going into a very conflicted, potentially dangerous territory. I have made it a point to let the sheriff know exactly what we're doing, exactly where we're going to be walking near Agape, exactly like the plan. I also do expect that it's possible that we will get arrested, even though we'll be recording everything and we'll be following all the rules and we'll be incredibly respectful But what we're trying to do with the community, which is necessary in order to rid this rot of these areas in Missouri, is to get like the local community to join us and agree. This is that conversation that we had, Eric, about good Christians standing Mm -hmm. up against people who are using Christ to hurt people and justify it and validate it and protect it in that way. So we're really hoping that we can engage with and connect with the community. We're going to be around in Missouri for a really long time. Amanda, the girls and the guys are working with state legislators starting that month to look at repealing this religious exemption and to look at all these claims against Agape and Circle of Hope that, you know, and decide whether what needs to be addressed immediately. So we're focusing on the mental health. We really want people to understand that they're being unfortunately used to be complicit in this level of child abuse, the whole community is. And we're hoping that by informing them of what's going on, connecting them with resources and supporting them as they make the changes necessary in their own communities, that we can really try to test out this paradigm of survivors working with local communities to make local change. Because at this point, we really do have to go county by county, state by state to make places safe for kids, because that's what we're dealing with.
0: No. What's, what is the local attitude toward Agape? And I'm actually surprised I've never, I don't think I've ever asked this question to anybody I've talked to from there, but is it something where it's just nobody really knows what happens there in the local community? Is the local community actively supporting Agape? What's the, the makeup of the, the surrounding area and how hard is it going to be to shift the, the paradigm there of how people view it?
3: When I was there, I actually worked at a restaurant called Bongo's Bistro And there were multiple people that were people that went and ate there that would talk about how weird that place was. Hmm. The owner of that restaurant knew I wasn't allowed to wear pants, the whole IFB dress code thing. But they would let me wear pants, but they would keep an eye out for my parents. So I think it was always like when I was there, they always felt like it was a cult. But when I left, Agape started getting more community-based. So they just had a um, rodeo that was sponsored by, I don't know if it was a PBR or they were sponsored by a national rodeo out at Agape. And so I do know that the community, there are people in the community that see it as a good place, but there are also people in the community that see it as weird because Agape guys are constantly running away. And someone did a podcast with an Agape student and they're like, oh, this is why they're always running away. And so I feel like it's a mixture. I, I feel like a lot of people didn't know what really was going on there until we started speaking out. I think once they do find out what was happening and is still happening, it's, I think we will have the community support. I don't think they are for what goes on there.
0: And is that the reason you guys are meeting, obviously there's private property and things, but is that the reason you're meeting more in a public? Because I know Agape is 13 miles away from pretty much anything else, or it's pretty separated from the rest of the community.
3: Agape was 13 miles from my parents' school. It's not that far from Stockton, like the town of Stockton. It's like maybe a four or five minute drive. It feels like it's forever. That we are meeting in the park to basically get the community support right. to make it more community involved. It's also a small town. So there's not really many places to meet.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, definitely. So you mentioned bringing some people in to speak and things like that. Who do you have lined up? And then what's the plan for the day? I know you probably don't want to share like every, you know, step right now. But what's uh, the basic plan for the, the two days you guys will be there?
3: We do have people that are coming to speak. Some of them are going to be former staff members and Mm -hmm. some of them are former students. Some of them are kids that recently left and some, one of them I'm trying to get to talk that he went to Agape when it was in Othello, Washington. We're also going to have the Cedar County Republican, the editor of Cedar County Republican. He's going to speak on his investigation on what went on with Circle of Hope and what he's doing currently now. Right now, we don't really have a set agenda. We're still like getting the times and everything done. But on Sunday, we're gonna have a silent vigil walk around Agape on the public roads. Our plan is to make crosses for all of our fallen brothers and walk with them as well. Mm-hmm. I personally want to leave them there.
2: So we'll see how long they last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but we'll we, we'll solidify the details on who will be in person. But so for, for Saturday, which is the public rally that's going to be in Stockton that Amanda was mentioning, we're also going to make sure that we have a virtual event. Both Saturday and Sunday will be live streamed completely. But Saturday, we're talking to a lot of survivors, advocates, a couple legislators, and people that have been incredibly proactive and supportive about helping to have a really cool interactive Zoom. We've got a bunch of healers that are survivors and allies, people that do EFT and yoga and whatnot. And so right now we're trying to figure out who can actually make it to Missouri and then who is going to be staying where they are and being virtual. And it's really fun because Liz Ionelli, of course, founder of the ICU Survivor Campaign. She's from my program, traumatologist, psychotherapist. one of the She leads our mental health mafia. That was the reason for starting the nonprofit to provide mental health because of the extreme losses from Agape. Mm-hmm. She's getting what I almost called it deported. She's getting Deployed because she does frontline COVID support for mental, for like doctors mm-hmm. in major COVID locations. So she's literally getting deployed this week. So mm-hmm. we'll get all of who's going to be virtual and who's going to be live for Saturday released within the next week. But per Amanda's point about the vigil, like I'm super stoked about that. I think that's incredibly important. We have family members of some of our brothers that have died this year. That are going to be coming to Missouri to speak and also to lead that vigil Mm. and to make sure that it's done completely respectfully. We really, if anybody is a mental health provider or a healer or something wants to come hang with us in Missouri, we will definitely need support. But, and then also the original reason for doing this was before Circle of Hope was closed. So the reason everyone was meeting in Missouri was they needed to file all of their jazz with the local sheriffs, meet with some of the lawyers that they're working with, and also with the legislators to repeal the religious exemption. The Circle of Hope closed a lot faster than anyone Mm -hmm. would have guessed. So it's morphed into what's needed right now. But we do want all survivors and allies to know that everything will be 100% virtually accessible. And actually, I think what's going to be happening will be a lot more fun. So we're going to enjoy peeping in with the recording and everything will be live streamed. So it'll be totally accessible.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm super bummed that I wasn't able to make it out because that's definitely something where I, I knew there was going to be something in the future and I was hoping it would work, but I'll be, I'm glad I'll be able to watch it and be a part virtually. Is this the first of many of these things that you guys want to do? Is it something you want to do at other homes or is it ones you're going to keep doing at Agape until something happens? What's the plan moving forward there?
3: Yeah, no, we do plan on doing more. We currently know of At least five boarding schools that actually spawned out of Agape. And so we do want to go back to Jefferson City sometime next year and just protest, or not protest, but rally together, basically protest the troubled teen industry in Missouri. Because I know, like I said, five that spawned out of Agape, but off the top of my head, I know of 10 other ones that are in Missouri that is not the only place. I do know that. I know Florida is another big place. Mississippi, I think, was another one. I I do know that that this is just the first of many.
0: So for people like myself who can't be there and can't physically su- like support with being present, what are some ways people can get the word out, support what you guys are doing, and uh, just ensure that this is a successful event?
2: Sure. I'm learning to make a website, which the really horrific beta version should be out tonight or tomorrow. Our domain is www.talktrouble.org. And so we have a whole event page. It'll get more interactive as we lock in specific time slots, but it has everything you guys need. There's also a GoFundMe to support the expenses. There are a lot of survivors and things that we are trying to provide for them, like travel fare, and we're getting Airbnb for everybody and whatnot. So if people can donate, great, but just definitely invite all your friends. And also if people like you especially want to be proactively involved, do a speaking, do an interactive live interview session, things of that, especially any mental health or healing or support services, we'll have different breakout rooms in the virtual jazz. So like people can focus on stuff after different speakers and whatnot. So if anybody wants to get involved, this is the time. We're survivors. So we fly by the seat of our pants. We didn't want to tell anybody what was going on until we had secured all of our permits. And like you'd mentioned with the Provo surprise, we don't really need Agape to know exactly what we're doing before we do it. And we're pretty sure the second that we launch everything publicly, they'll know, but it's okay because we're going to follow all the rules and it'll be fine. But we may need a bail fund. So seriously, go hit up that GoFundMe.
0: I'll be liberated here and I'll, I'll have to do the fundraising to get you guys out, but uh, yeah,
2: you'll be our call. Can you be that guy? We'll just let you know. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to get like? a
0: call from, no, that's awesome. No, I'm really excited to see how it plays out. And like I said, I wish I was able to make it out. I, It really is something that when I think Amanda, me the first time we talked, you talked about maybe doing something like this in the future. And I think it's really cool and needed. And I think that it's, I think it's amazing that so many people are willing to publicly go out and just because it is, I, I have to imagine there's some part of a lot of people's mind where they think I'm out, I'm done with it. I just want to keep walking. And so I think it's really cool that those that are able to, are able to say, Hey, I don't want this happening to anybody else. And especially the both of you with your platforms that you built with the, you know, Troubled Podcast with Exposing Circle of Hope, the the amount of reach and Impact that's come from a podcast and a TikTok channel is absolutely crazy. And it's really cool to watch it keep growing and the awareness keep going. And I say that as someone who found out about this from those channels and found out about it from Amanda talking with you and you breaking down, like, hey, there's not just three of these places, there's a lot more to it than this. And so anything we can do to help, anything listeners can do to help, I hope they will. And I hope it's a big success for you guys.
3: We would really appreciate any Christians that do realize that what we're up against is not true Christianity because as an atheist, I constantly get attacked because I'm bringing out the stuff that I was raised on. And they're like, Oh, that's not real Christianity. And I'm like, no, I'm not telling you it is. I'm saying this is how I was raised. So I do, I, I do feel like we need more support from the Christian community to because I'm not coming after anyone's religion. I'm coming after the people who are using people's religion to harm other people because the damage they do spiritually to, to your. I was scared to death to go to bed as a kid. I was mm-hmm. petrified. And to be sent away to some place that you don't even know these people and you're being taught these things that are just like you're going to go to hell for even having these thoughts, it's abuse. And. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that all Christianity is like that. We're just saying this is they are using Christianity to abuse kids. And
0: yeah, no, Miranda could tell you from our episode I got pretty I got pretty heated about this, but it's it really is. It's frustrating to me to see so many using like the name Christianity to justify stuff. And and just there is no every class, every part of the class system has abuse. Every financial situation that can be abused, every family dynamic, there can be abuse. And the truth is every religion, there can be abuse. And the reality is that one of the most frustrating things for me to hear is that so many of these homes, specifically Agape and many more, are able to do really whatever they want because of religious exemptions. And the fact that there's a religious exemption for abuse, I I was reading an article from 1974 with Lester Roloff, and it was like talking, he was complaining that he couldn't feed girls the way that he wanted to. And I'm like, what does that mean? What regulation do you need to get around where you're not able, because I'm pretty sure they weren't telling him to do anything crazy. It was probably three meals a day, don't force feed them, and don't make them eat expired food. But you've got someone saying, we can't operate religiously the way we want to, which was just code for we can't be as physically abusive and mentally abusive as we want to. And it's time to draw, I think for Christians, I think Christians need to draw a line in the sand and say that doesn't represent, one, be honest and say, instead of just attacking everybody with that's not Christianity, just say, maybe that has been Christianity for a lot of people. And maybe that has been the experience with the church. Because I'm at the point now where I don't even say, oh, that's not the church. I'm like, yeah, that's the church as we know it today. That's the church. And that's the reason why I'm so hesitant to affiliate with most of these churches is because they won't draw that line in the sand and say, hey, we're on the side of the survivor and not the person who put them in a survival situation. But yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I think that is huge. If you're listening to this and you're a Christian, like this should be, you should be leading the charge on this. If you believe what you say you believe, this shouldn't be the, as in most social justice situations where you're 10 years behind the time on it, like when there's someone being victimized or a group of people being victimized by someone, you should be the first one there to offer support. But I really appreciate both of you again, like raising awareness about this, sharing about this. And like I said, it bothers me. I'm not able to be there, but I'm hoping that there's plenty of awareness raised and that we see a good turnout there.
2: Thanks. Yeah. I hope you'll be super involved virtually. It'll be great.
0: <laughs> yeah, just now, I mean, everything. I mean, like this, like anything I can do to help shine some awareness. Like I said, I'm coming at it from an outsider. So just point me in the direction I need to shoot and I'll shoot and we'll go from there. But just let me know how I can help and I'd love to. Yeah.
3: Thank you for awesome. having us.
0: And just really quick one more time, just for people that want to connect with either of you, can you just throw out like the best place where someone can connect? I know you mentioned talktroubled.com. Uh, was a good spot. Is there anywhere else people should look to connect?
2: Talktroubled.org. Troubled podcast is available on all platforms and our social media handle everywhere is at talktroubled.
0: Awesome. And then Amanda?
3: Mycircleoftruth at gmail.com is probably the best way or my Instagram.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Cool. And the Instagram is Exposing Circle of Hope. Uh,
3: Berlin Von Mortis. But you can find, I think you can find it under Exposing Circle of
0: Hope. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, definitely guys connect with them. I'll put links in the show notes to everything we just talked about. And if you can give a little bit to support this, definitely do because every penny is going to help. And I know for a fact that it, with the two of you behind it, at least it's be um, well put together and, and done the right way. So uh, people can know their money's going to a good
1: spot. So
2: Word. Thanks everybody. See you there, Thank virtually you. or otherwise. <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes. And don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on Preacher Boys Save
2: big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app.